Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. into the Word, let's just uh, remain in His presence. I mean, let's just remain vulnerable and open to what He, what he, what he wants to do. Oh, and I'm so aware, you know, whether we gather for a small group or whether we gather in whichever setting, our hearts and our, our main focus is to exalt Him. And to lift him up, to please him. You know, we have many things going on, right? Many activities and stuff going on, but our eyes are on him. Amen. So, oh, we, um, can you believe it? Our, our obviously late for church, but um, we'll get there. Can you believe it? Emily is... Turning seven. Is it seven? <laughs> it's quite hectic for us, you know. She's turning seven this week, so we had a birthday with all the school friends. Um, yeah, a bunch of little girls there at the house. Just want to say, hosting a children's party is an extreme sport. Right? Yep. Especially if the rain comes and goes, and, you know, anyway. God is good. So Emily was praying so hard for the rain to just be at the right time, right? because rain is good. I mean, so we, so God is so good. So we managed to squeeze in the the kiddies party there in between the all the rain. Praise God. Anyway, so I feel like I, I hit by a train yesterday after all that stuff happened. <laughs> Not as bad as convergence, but almost there. In any case, um, yeah, what a blessing to just share the word this morning, and um, uh, let's just yeah, let's just commit this uh, time to the Lord, Father. We thank you for your word. Yeah, we thank you just for the way you've been so specifically ministering to us as a church family, even over convergence and even the last just throughout the seasons, Lord. You're so faithfully speaking to us and. Oh, we ask that our hearts would be open, Lord. Give us grace to hear, grace to not only be hearers, but be doers of your word. And Holy Spirit, we commit our hearts to you. We commit our, this time to you. And we, we trust, Lord, that you would speak life, breathe life over us. That we would truly be transformed in your presence, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord. Um, if you if you do were not able to join us for the conference for convergence, um, and even if you had been, have you did join us, please have a look at those sessions again. I believe most of them are available on YouTube. Um, and you know we were chatting with leaders during the weeks just after the conference, and we were just saying it's so crucial for us as a church family. To not just kind of, mm, that's nice, and move on, but to really allow the Word to sink in and to really allow the Holy Spirit to kind of minister to us around what is the practical application of what God has been imparting to us. Amen? 
So I want to really encourage you to continue doing that. Um, go back to those sessions to listen, to go back to your notes, and um, to really uh, allow the Holy Spirit to continue that and to really cement that in our hearts. Amen. Cool. So this morning, um, yeah, I'm doing that to some extent, kind of looking at one of the two of the things that came out of convergence. If you, if you, if you hear somebody says that, Somebody is a man after God's heart, uh, or a, a woman after God's heart. It, it, it reminds us of David of the Bible, right? Because that's what was said about him and um, um, King David. And uh, I just want to read that bit in Acts where it speaks about that. Acts 13, and uh, it was 21. And, and they said, uh, and then they asked this, you know, um, kind of a whole bit of history that's in there. And then they asked for a king, and God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, this is God, he raised up David to be their king, of whom he testified. This is God himself testifying. It's quite powerful testimony. He test, of whom he testified and said, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart. Who will do my will? A man after my heart. Who will do my will? And uh, this is always, you know, it's such a powerful statement. If the king of the universe says something like this, uh, something to aspire to, right? A man after his heart, a woman after his heart, somebody who will do his will. Um, and uh, I want us to look at a bunch of things around this and. You remember a while ago we spoke about that one thing that David found that made him this this man of his heart, and we looked at the of Mary and Martha and how one was distracted by much serving and much activity. So the serving and the activity, if you remember, was not what what the problem was, but the distraction was what the problem was. The place where her heart was at. And um, one of the themes that came out of Convergence, which I've personally found challenging, but I think for us as a congregation, even Body of Christ in a wider sense, uh, this is also a challenge. Chatting to somebody at a, after the children's party, we had a friend's birthday, so yeah, it was a busy day. But uh, we're chatting to a guy at the party that I just met, and uh, he was also saying how... You know, we, we get so busy with church activities that often the kingdom isn't there in the activities, the kingdom of God, you know. But let's read, I just, uh, there's actually more than one of the speakers that mentioned this um, on the, at the conference, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 4. Now I'm just going to pick out one bit here, I'm not going to look at the whole thing, but I just want to read in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And, and one, one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. 
please go and listen to the sessions. I just want to pick out the theme that came out of this is that um, the seraphim had six wings, and if you look at how they used their wings, only two of the wings they were used to fly. So two of the wings were used for you know, activity, if you want to call it that, and the other wings were focusing on devotion, covering his face and his, and his feet. And, then he, oh, and just that, that kind of focus on, the primary focus of us following Christ is not always meant to be activity, but more uh, uh, us to being devoted to Christ and being devoted to Him. And obviously that translates into our activity, right? And that we'll chat a bit more about that later. But our primary focus in our heart, where's my heart at? Is my heart focusing on stuff that must happen or is my heart devoted to Christ? Is my, in, in my mind, in the way I, what I say, what, I, what, I, you know, what comes out of my mouth, is there, is there a focus on devotion rather than activity? And I, I suppose it's, again, it's a cultural thing because uh, productivity is key, right? It's, it's high up on the list of what's, what's in, uh, um, applauded, what's, what's um, rewarded as activity and productivity. And, um, you know, so often you hear... People speak like the, the busyness is a badge of honor and being like overwhelmed and being on the edge of burnout is like a, a, a badge of I'm doing the thing right type of thing. And I'm thinking, you know, that's not really what we see in Scripture. But that's the, the culture we're in. It's, it's so, it seems to be applauded to, be, to have a full schedule and to be, you know, multitasking all the time and to be running from one thing to the next. Um, where, where are our hearts at um, in terms of our devotion, in terms of our focus? And again, I'm not saying we sh- those th- things aren't important. There are important things out there. But I'm, I'm wanting us to get to a place of, in the midst of all of that, where's my, where's my heart at? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, so often in, when we... I suppose it's also part of this culture we're living. We focus on, we want to do the right thing. And even in the way we approach God, in the way we relate to God, we, we, we tend to gravitate towards, am I doing the right thing? Am I not sinning? <laughs> am I, um, you know, ticking the boxes? And, you know, we start with saved by grace, and it's often, not always, often we, we gravitate back to, Am I doing all the things that I should be doing? You know, we, um, am I, am I, and then we tend to become more focused on being human doings, instead huh? of human beings. <laughs> so focusing on, am I doing the right things? Am I ticking the boxes? Am I doing the right activities? And then we don't pay so much attention to what's the condition of my heart and it kind of connects with what Philip was talking about last week and, don't miss out part two next week. I think it's next week. Anyways, um, that we're called to be so much more than we're called to do. We, and out of us being devoted to Christ, out of us being transformed to be like Him, out of that flows action and activity and 
um, creativity that glorifies him and that does lift him up. Are you with me? Um, so, uh, yeah, we were chatting yesterday at the, at the party, at the children's party, not the other one. The, yeah. So, <laughs> and uh, I was chatting to some moms there and talking about uh, parenting and uh, just kids at the age of having to have important conversations and, uh, you know, and how, how scary it is that, you know, the stuff that our kids get exposed to out there at school, it's not something you can control. And how we, how we have the privilege to start that, those difficult conversations and how much better it is if I start that conversation with my child, whatever it may be about, you know. If I start that conversation, then I am the authority in their life on that, on that topic. But if my buddy at, at school shows me something on his cell phone <laughs> the, and, he, the, and he starts talking to me about this topic, then, then he becomes the, that authority. Are you with me? And how, we're talking about how scary that is and how do we navigate that. And I said, I'm, what really encourages me that even in the midst of all of the stuff we want to keep from our children, you know, we want to protect them and put them away somewhere in the cupboard until they're 30. Um, but, you know, there, there's so many things that we want to keep from them. But in the midst of all of that and how we navigate that and how we equip them and how we empower them to, to discern God's will and to, to know what to do in those difficult moments, even in the midst of all that, I said to them, I'm convinced that what we're able to do proactively is so much more powerful than we are able to do reactively. In other words... Uh, we often focus on how can I keep these things, or how can I protect my child, but on, on the other hand, there's this powerful dynamic of what can I put into them, amen, that is going to strengthen them. What can I impart to them? What can I speak over them? How can I, you know, how, how do I establish their identity in Christ? How do I, you know, and I've, I've told the, the, the parents there, um, there's so much that God has given us to impart into our children. And I feel if we, if we do that all day long, the other stuff becomes so much easier. I mean, so much easier if we imparting life and we are imparting and we're planting His Word and we're establishing, we, we're pointing them to Christ. Um, that is almost is so much more important to than just defending and defending. Are you with me? And, uh, yeah, what a privilege. And the same with our hearts. You know, are, we, are we being proactive with the condition of our heart and our devotion to Christ? Uh, we, you know, one of the chats I've been having with Abigail, I believe she's far off now there at the children's church. No, but I don't think she'll mind. But in her grade, she's now grade five. And... Um, they have this thing now that they are, in Afrikaans, they call it the, the, the boy and the girl, a psalm. Okay, so they're an item. Nobody knows what that means, but they are psalm. Okay. And then after a week or two, they're not psalm anymore. So they're not an item anymore. Nobody knows what's changed. I mean, I asked, I asked her, so what happens? Do they like sit in break together? Do they buy each other a Muffin at, this, at the tuck shop. No, no, not, none of that stuff happens. It's just this thing. <laughs> Nobody knows. 
And she says, yeah, she's completely puzzled. She's, she doesn't know what the purpose of this is. And, but we, it was such a great opportunity because we could chat. So why? Why do kids do this? And why do people? And what is the desire behind it? What is the, maybe the gap in their identity or in their heart? Why do they need a little boy to tell them, you're okay? Uh, so we were chatting about all of those things. And I, and I said to her, who are the girls that haven't been psalm with anybody? And then we, she gave some examples. And I said, you see, that one is growing up. And we looked at some of the, obviously, the families that we know. And I pointed out to her that the ones that were secure in Christ didn't feel the need to be psalm at this point. Interesting. And the ones that were secure in their identity in Christ, the ones that were being affirmed and it's, in a, in a healthy way. Obviously, we can't speak for all of them because we don't know all of them. But, yeah, so that was a great chat. And um, I'm getting distracted now. Hallelujah. But, yeah, so what are we doing proactively? What are we doing proactively in terms of the condition of our hearts? Um, so not only saying, Lord, I don't want I, I to do the wrong thing and, you know, Keep me from, obviously, that's a good thing, but if you focus on, I just don't want to do the wrong thing, then often I think we, we actually miss what God has prepared for us. We miss His actual will and His actual plan. Um, we'll get a bit more to that in a moment. All right. Um, and then, in terms of, how, you know, how, but how do we make that shift? How do we make that shift from in terms of our devotion in our heart, which translates into the way we do things, being devoted to God. And I think one of the things is that scripture, which I don't have on the board, which says that everything is not of faith, is sin. So are we, are we walking in faith? Am I proactively engaging with God about my daily walk? Am I, I'm not only looking at Okay, in this situation or in this relationship or in this work challenge that I'm facing now, I'm not sinning, okay? Or am I focusing on that or am I actually seeking God in terms of, Lord, what is, you know, what is your will in this situation? You know, like, like referring back to David, a man after his heart, who will do my will, God says. So that is connected, that when our hearts are devoted to Christ... We are seeking His will in every situation, proactively. So I'm not only avoiding doing the wrong things, I'm, I'm seeking God proactively, Lord, what is it that is your will right here, right now? Are you with me? Sort of. Okay. We'll make them clearer now. All right. Uh, I want us to read from Second Timothy 2. This is one of the passages of Scripture. I remember when we were in youth, high school, the pastor there, he, he put this in front of us, Second Timothy 2.22. So it's a lot of twos. 2 Timothy 2.22 talks about fleeing youthful lusts. All right? So at youth, this was important, and we, it's still important. But I remember he drilled that thing into our heads. I'll never forget this scripture. But the context is actually quite important as well. You know, if you, that thing is stuck in my head. But if you look at the context, it's actually quite amazing. Uh, let's read uh, from verse 20. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, 
some for honorable use, some for, what, for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And this is the one we had to learn. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. So can you see he's continuing? He's saying so. So based on this that we are, wanting, we are growing towards being cleansed, honorable vessels, useful to the master, ready for every good work, set apart as holy. So flee youthful. So in other words, how do we do that? So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. With whom do we do this? Along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. It's a good tip in terms of who do you surround yourself with. Amen. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they are bred, they breed quarrels. And the, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. That's a tough one. Patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. I like the correcting part, but the gentleness is tough, right? God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. So there's some hectic things that if, if we're not in that space, what can happen? If, we, if we're in a, in a different space, we, we are in danger of being taken captive by the devil to do his will rather than to do God's will. So there's a snare there that we need to avoid as well. So I want to focus on this bit here about the vessels. The other day, um, I think Quibus is here in the parents' room. Uh, I explained to them that my Witzdenko tree there at our house, two of them make a big mess and, and we, you know, Apparently, there's the stuff that you have to put on the roots, and then it kills the stuff in the, in the eating the leaves or that whatever organism that's on the tree that's making the mess. Okay? So I told him, yeah, I just put it here around the trunk, but this is a big tree. Okay? Big trunk, big tree. And he had a bit of a chuckle, and he said, no. I said, why? He said, no, I'm drenching the roots. And he said, yeah, okay, the roots are not, the roots are. Far, you know, it's like okay, good point, good point, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, and obviously the huge trees. So then he explained something that I didn't know before. He said you can give a tree an injection. Okay, I must not get to a sidetrack now, but he showed me how to inject the tree, which is amazing. So instead of putting it on the roots, I gave it intravenous, put the stuff there in the tree. I don't know if it'll work. I'll give you feedback later in, to, in the season to see if it worked. But I've never done that before, and I didn't know how that worked, but now I've tried it. So, but there were these, I had to use this big injection, and obviously the poison in there that's going to kill the stuff in the leaves, right? That's the plan. But now, if I want to use this injection for anything else, like if the kids want to use it to play and spray each other, it's not in a good condition right now because there's poison in there. So that's not a good vessel for them to use. But if we want to repurpose that vessel, I'm going to have to clean it properly. I'll have to probably I'm going to put it in the dish, not with 
other stuff in the dishwasher. But put it in boiling water or, you know, some way I have to clean this properly to make sure that if the kids get all of this thing and if they want to use it, that it's, it's in a condition that's not going to kill them or at least hurt their tummies or something like that. Are you with me? And similarly, you know, I'm thinking in our walk with Christ, often we, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking how can I shift my focus towards becoming a vessel that is honorable and pleasing and set apart and holy? And in this, this last while, the Lord's been challenging me. You know, it's as if, it's as if the, the closer we grow to Christ, and the, you know, we, by the grace of God, we grow in our faith. It's as we notice things in our hearts and our lives that didn't seem important before. And it's as if the Holy Spirit shows us things that maybe it's grace, because if He shows it all to us at the beginning, and you know, it would be just overwhelmed, so this is impossible. But then, you know, as we're growing in Christ, then something becomes visible in our hearts, and you think, sure, okay, this is not cool. I didn't see this before. And then, but then we need to trust Him to cleanse that stuff out, I mean, so that we are vessels of honor, holy, set apart, useful. Um, another example that I was thinking of, yeah, just in terms of, you know, preparing your temple, okay, <laughs> of the body, your body as a temple. You know, when we prepared for the party yesterday, well, because my wife is into this kind of thing, it wasn't just yesterday, to be honest. It was um, some, a week or so before already. So, but why do we do that? Why do we, why do we prepare a space for people that are coming? And we, had, we hosted some of the speakers from the conference. You know, we prepared the space. Why do we do that? We do that because we want to ascribe honor to somebody. Are you with me? We, wanna, we want somebody that when they come in to feel blessed and honored. And especially in the context of, you know, the scripture that says, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. And similarly, whether it's your buddy from work or your in your small group, preparing a space when they're coming over, or even when it's a friends, preparing the space means I'm, I'm ascribing honor to these people. And whatever blessing is in this family or these people that are coming, because I'm making this, I'm going through this trouble to prepare the space, I'm, I'm opening my heart and I'm positioning myself to receive the blessing that is in them. Are you with me? Isn't that amazing? So that's obviously we can do that in a small way, in a big way. But similarly, how do we prepare the space of our heart for the King of Kings? How do I keep my, my heart in a condition where I am honorable to God? And I, um, I receive, because I'm, we are vessels, we are vessels, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? So... Um, in terms of a few practical things, um, you know, what, what, are, what are the, some of the questions we can ask ourselves? I'm going to end with this, to look at the condition of our heart, and then also just to trust God for grace to say, sure, Lord, I, <laughs> I need to make a shift in this area. Um, so I've, I've just put on a few questions 
to just see where's my heart at. You know, the scripture says, examine yourself soberly, right? Look at, look at the condition of, of your heart. So, yeah, so let's look at this quickly, and then I'll give us some time just to allow the Holy Spirit. Guys, remember, this is not condemnation. This is, uh, Lord, I want to be a, a vessel of honor. So I'm, I'm opening my heart. I'm being vulnerable before God, saying, Lord, show me through your Spirit. This is obviously not an exhaustive list, but just kind of points out things in our hearts. I'm going to go through them now. But this is a place where we're saying, Lord, I want to grow to a place where I am in anything, in every situation. I'm a vessel of honor, and I'm, I'm set apart, and I'm holy, and I'm, I'm useful. Amen? For the King of Kings. Okay, so firstly, and this is me for a long time, uh, especially as a young believer, I would be running with something, being busy with something, and then halfway, three quarters of the way, I'd say, Lord, please bless this thing that I'm busy with. Okay, and then later on, I had to make a shift to, before I start running with something, before I dive into something, before I even decide to do something, to say, Lord, what is it that would please you in this situation or in this thing? In other words, before I start a big project or even, even just day to day, not asking, Lord, bless this thing that I'm doing now, but before I'm doing it, <laughs> Lord, what is it that, that you would want me to do in this situation? Um, and this you can pull through to daily life. Uh, I'm, I'm just so aware, you know, we were on our way back from the summit the other day, uh, past the summit, and flying from Cape Town, and Abigail went with me, which was a great adventure for daddy and daughter, but uh, on the way back, on the way down as well, but on the way back specifically, you know, I said, okay, there's somebody going to be sitting next to us for two hours, and let's pray, let's trust the Lord, if he wants, let's ask God, Lord, what would be pleasing for, to you? What would be very easy and convenient is for us to be on a device or watch a movie together or chat uh, or we, what, you know, read a magazine. Lots of, lots of cool things we'd be doing. None of them are wrong or sin, right? Um, but we were praying before and said, Lord, what would, it, what would really please you on, in this time on the airplane? Are you with me? So I'm not, it's not a thing of the stuff that you normally do on an airplane is sin, but but just kind of getting your head, my head space, my heart into a space where I'm going into every situation saying, what is it that, Lord, would, that would really please you right now? Are you with me? And so I said, let's pray. Let's trust the Lord. Maybe you'll give us a word. Maybe he wants to give them an encouragement or something. And then the Lord gave her a script, for Ab gave Abigail a scripture, which really blessed the lady we were sitting next to. And the Lord gave me a word for her and a word for her colleague, which was, who was sitting across the, the aisle. And then Abby asked me while we were praying, so did the Lord show you something, Daddy? And I, and I said, yes. And then after a few while, she said, so did you tell her? You know, you have to be obedient. <laughs> okay, okay. So she was all holding me accountable. <laughs> um, but the, the point is that we took time to say, okay, Lord, what is it, Lord, that would really please you? And I must confess that's not always the case. Obviously, when you're traveling with children normally, it's quite chaotic. So this is also new for me because there was a stage where it was just like, I just want to survive. This is 12 hours on this airplane with three small children. If we can survive 
without having two clothes changes and, you know, everybody else around us traumatized. That would be a win, you know. So this is a new season for us. And it's just only Abby, so that's obviously more manageable. But the point is, just in general, am I going to the default of reading, get, catching up on my reading or on my news on my phone or whatever? Or am I focusing on what is pleasing to God? All right, so this you can extrapolate to most of your decision-making. And we're approaching the next of the end of the year. So as we're scheduling, right, scheduling time, planning our year, I want to challenge you and me, challenge myself. Lord, what would be pleasing to you in our schedule as a family next year? What Should we schedule time to go on an outreach together as a family? Should we, is the, would this be pleasing to you? Amen? Okay. Then, okay, we don't have much time, but let's look at the, in times of crisis, who do I turn to first? So this is also just a, a hard check. In times when I'm vulnerable, I, I need, I just need to, um, uh, I need to vent or I need to share something or I'm in a difficult moment. Do I pick up the phone? Do I phone my mom? Do I, what is that go-to first instinct? I'm not talking about the skitgebeki before you go into an exam, the, the prayer of desperation. I'm not talking about that. Talking more about a place of who do you share your heart with first. Again, this is not, this is wrong or right, but it points us to a place of what is, where is my heart at? It, am I at a place where I'm reaching out to Christ first? Um, he's my refuge. Amen. He's my place where I go in a place. Of, and similarly, this is a similar one, the third one. After an exhausting day of manic running, or a hectic day, or very whatever, the worst day you can imagine, where do I go to just be quiet, or just to breathe? Where do I go? Do I, where's that place? Are you with me? I'm not saying physically, <laughs> in your head, or do you like, um, I'm just saying that it just points something. What is the place where we find refuge? What is the place who is the place where we find comfort? Where do I go to, to recharge? Um, and there's nothing wrong with all the, the healthy things we have in our lives to help us like exercise and healthy habits. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying in a hard space, if I really need to be recharged, where do I run? Are you with me? This one got me. They, they asked us this question at the pastor's summit. I was like, hmm. I can think of a few things, but God's not always on the top of that list. Amen? And it, it challenges me in terms of where is my heart at? Amen? Okay, and then finally, when completing a task or a project, whose approval do I crave foremost? In other words, I've done something, I've accomplished something, or even before finishing it, whose approval do I crave foremost? Am I... Am I really out to prove my boss wrong that he thought I couldn't do it? Or am I, am I going for that approval of my colleagues? Or do I, I'm try, am I trying to keep up with the Joneses next door? Um, so the, the, you know, the fear of man, which is, comes in the context of the society we're living in, trying to 
find approval with everybody else except God, all right? That thing rubs up off on us. And it says if we have to be really deliberate to not fall into that pattern of seeking the approval of man, but seeking God's approval first. Are you with me? So it's one of those things that it's, if you're doing nothing, it's just you kind of tend to go in that direction because it, that's where the stream is going. But so we have to be almost aspirous, deliberate, very, very deliberate, and very intentional in terms of, Lord, I want to keep my heart in a space where your approval is what matters. Are you with me? Okay. So I want us just to sit for a moment and to pray, to allow the Holy Spirit just to minister to us. And then we're going to stand, and this we're going to just bring some of these things before the Lord. Lord, what is in my heart that is not pleasing? Am I, are you my first place of refuge? Are you my first place where I find my approval and my affirmation, my primary place? So let's take, let's take a moment. Let's just become quiet before the Lord. Close your eyes if you need to. And I'm really trusting the Holy Spirit just to speak into our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah, Father. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord. God, our desire truly, Lord, is to, to be vessels of honor. Vessels for honorable use, Lord. Set apart as holy and useful for you. Ready for every good work. And oh, truly our heart's desire is to be men and women whose hearts are after your heart, Lord. Like David, Lord. Or you, what was, what's important to you, what is, was important to him. So Holy Spirit, we'll just take a moment now. Holy Spirit, and we ask that you minister to each one. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Our Father, thank you that your heart is not to bring condemnation or to bring guilt or shame. But I thank you that you are inviting us to draw near to you in a fresh way, in a new way, to draw near to you, Lord. Thank you that as we draw closer, that we are transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, that we are transformed into the image of your Son. And as we change, it's uncomfortable, Lord, but we know it's for your glory. Because you have prepared us as vessels for glory. Thank you, Lord. If we can stand, we're just going to bring our hearts before God. I can't see if there's any of the band left <laughs> in the parents' room. But uh, if we can maybe just... Um, we can maybe just keep that list up there. <laughs> and this is not exhaustive, but just something to help us see where our hearts are at. Um, oh, Lord, we thank you for your word this morning. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are gentle. And that you, you meet us where we are at. Every season, you know exactly 
what we are wrestling through. We thank you, Lord, that you're always calling us closer. You're always calling us higher. You've always got something more prepared for your children. So this morning we come with expectant hearts, Lord, that you would draw us closer. In Jesus' name. As our eyes are closed here this morning, if you are here and you, you're hearing this word, but it doesn't feel like it's completely relevant to you because maybe right now you're far from God and you don't have a relationship with Him. Maybe you have in the past or maybe this is completely new to you, this, this whole faith thing. But right now where you're standing, you have a conviction in your heart that you want to follow Jesus. You have a conviction that you want to make a change, that you want to be a man or woman after his heart. That you have a desire in your heart to lay down your life and to choose to follow him as king of kings. It's going to, it's going to mean repenting from your sin. It's going to mean turning around from the life that you're now following and following Christ instead. It's going to mean you're no longer in charge of your life. And you choose to serve Christ as King and Lord. And if, you, if that's you this morning, before we pray for all the other things, I just want to give an opportunity. If you know this morning that you, you need to make a change and you need to make right with God and you want to choose to follow Him, it would be my absolute privilege to pray with you. So while eyes are bowed, <laughs> eyes are closed, hands bowed, if, if that's you this morning, why don't you just boldly raise your hand? It would be my privilege to pray with you. Is there anybody like that? Hallelujah. Father, so we bring our hearts before you this morning. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that for each of the things that came up into our hearts just now, thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a way that when we see we, there are places where we can move closer to you, thank you that you invite us. Invite us to draw, draw near, to come close. So just where you're standing right now, I just want you to take a moment to bring whichever thing the Holy Spirit highlighted, or maybe just a space in your heart, or maybe just something that came up when we were praying just now. Just yield that to God. Say, Lord, let your kingdom come in this place. I choose to turn back to you. I choose to look to you first. I choose to you as my place of refuge. Whatever that thing is, just bring it before him now. Just turn your eyes to him again. Choose to lift your eyes to him. Choose to lift your head to him. Your heart to him. is some, some of us that are in a season that we find overwhelming to such an extent that this feels out of your reach. It's like I'm not in this space at all. I'm just trying to survive. Just the Lord really has a sense here, such compassion for what you're going through. But there's such power 
we're in a place of surrender. We say, Lord, I'm, I'm in this difficult season, but I, I choose to put my trust in you alone. I choose to turn my heart towards you in the midst of the difficult season, in the midst of just trying to survive. I choose to believe, Lord, that I survive because you are with me. And I can look to you because you've gone before me and you have made a way for me and for my family. So that's you just, I believe there's grace to say, Lord, I choose to look to you. I trust in you. I put my hope in you. I put my faith and my trust in you. In Jesus' name. As a church family, Lord, my desire, Lord, is to be a vessel of your presence. Wherever we gather, wherever we go, as individuals representing your, your body, representing you, Lord. My desire, Lord, is that every place we go, we would fill with your fragrance, the fragrance of Christ. Lord, that every place we go, next to the sport field at school, in the tea room at office, wherever we go, at the, on the plane, on the bus, on the taxi, in the classroom, that the fragrance of Christ may permeate our lives. Lord, that we would be seeking your name, be seeking your fame, seeking your will, that we would grow to a place, Lord, where we'd say, Lord, what is pleasing to you right now? There's a lot of things I can do, but right now, Lord, what would please you? What would really please you, Lord? What would really bless you? What would really exalt your name here, right now? Say, oh Lord, we pray that you turn our hearts, that you would grow to that space, Lord, that your light shine, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all the ways that you're already ministering in and through our lives, that you're already touching lives, Lord, that lives are being transformed. And it's all for your glory, Lord. It's all by your grace. So this morning we grab hold of that grace again in Jesus' name. Let your kingdom come in our midst. Let your kingdom come. Let your glory be manifested in and through our lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And we ask, thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to finish this good work you start in our hearts today for your glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to continue just in this place of worship and ministry. If you want to just remain in the presence of God, please do that. If you need prayer or if you feel something specific that's come up in your heart, you want to just agree with somebody in prayer, please be bold to do that. I mean, it just kind of cements what the Holy Spirit is doing. So please be bold and step to the front. Just saying, Lord, I want to respond. I'm saying, yes, I want to make a shift in this area. So please be bold and do that. If you need prayer for anything else, please come to the front. I, I don't have the answers, but I know that He has made a way. God has made a way. Amen. So please, if you want to just remain here, you're welcome to. If you need to go, or if you need to grab a coffee, please do that. Or stick around for a few minutes. Um, we'd love that. Please, if you need prayer, please come to the front. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Christian Church. We believe that you enjoyed your time with us, establishing God's kingdom and His glory in your life. For more info, call us on 012-362-1363. Email us, pretoria at shofaronline.org. Browse our website, www.shofaronline.org. Or like us on facebook.com forward slash shofarpretoria.org.